You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeninginkingston.com. Okay, right off the bat, I'm going to address the way I sound. I'm not in my normal setup. I am en route, uh, traveling back home from a bunch of work stuff I had to do. So I apologize that this episode's recording quality is not going to be great, but I promise that it's just for this week. We've got everything sorted out so this won't happen again, but uh, I'm uh, I'm in a bunker somewhere. Uh, and I found an old transistor radio, and I've connected it, and uh, have able I've been able to connect with you, Taylor, and so we can do this episode because that's how much I care about our fans. That's uh, that's how much you love our listeners, isn't it, Mike? That it is from the depths of a a hole, a dank hole in the in an undisclosed location. You are still transmitting, so good on you, Mike. <laughs> And and I, I I like our fans so much that I haven't even mentioned that every 86 seconds, there's a bit of a lag between us, uh, and I'll have to deal with that in the editing, or I won't, because I'm also still in this bunker to do the, the editing. So we'll just see what this episode is. And I, once again, I apologize, but hey, fans, you're getting something. <laughs> We're sending you something. New content. We're here every week to provide yeah. you with new content. <laughs> we're just we're just like we're just like the streaming machine. Good content, bad content, it doesn't matter. We just gotta make sure we get you your content weekly. So but I I, I promise this is the only time this will happen. We've got everything worked out, everything will be good moving forward. It's just gonna be this episode is just gonna be a little weird, and that's okay. Mike, do you want to, um, is now a good time to tease our next special episode? Because again, we love Yeah, why don't you do so that, much. Taylor? Because you sound, you sound somewhat regular, Taylor. So why don't you tease what we're doing for that? <laughs> well, I hope I sound okay. I hope I'm coming through okay. I also, um, am, I, well, I'm in my house, but I'm in a completely different bedroom. We like reorganized our house recently and I have no idea how the audio sounds. So it's really going to be a a true mixed bag as to how we sound (laughs) when this episode goes up. But anyways, we love our fans so much that we're having a very special episode next week. It is a not a great plan episode where we're only going to talk movie headline news, and answer fan questions. So if you are dying to hear our hot takes about whatever the latest movie news is, whether it's Ezra Miller or uh, whatever, whatever else is making the headlines, um, please write in and we will answer those questions next week. I do believe um, we have a earlier deadline. Mike, when would you like the fan questions in by? I would like them in by midnight Friday. So end of day Friday, before you go to bed Friday night, make sure you get your fan questions in, and then that way they can be there. And yeah, they like you said, Taylor, they can be about any news topic. It doesn't have to just be Ezra Miller. 
We can talk about other things. Probably a lot of Johnny Depp. I was going to say, maybe, maybe Johnny Depp's <laughs> off limits. We'll see. We'll see. But it's whatever the fans well, want. So I yeah, can't control it, it, you what, guys. <laughs> there's no point in saying off limits, Taylor, because if we say off limits, that's all we're going to get. Yeah, that's, so that, it, that makes them want open. it even more. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's open-ended. But yeah, it's end of day, midnight Friday. We can get those questions in. And then this way, that'll be that we're celebrating Victoria Day in style. On streaming um, I don't even know quite what we do on Victoria Day, but we're going to celebrate it with style by doing this fun episode. And you can uh, you can end off your long weekend next week with with some fun movie news talk, which we don't do a lot on the show anymore. So we thought let's bring it back in style. Well, we've been trying so hard to bring it back, but our fans have just been so chatty recently. So why not combine those two things? Let everyone chat. But also, mm-hmm. we'll finally get to the headlines. So that is our yeah. <laughs> very special episode, combining those two things. And honestly, Mike, I am so excited. I can't wait. Everyone knows I love a good mailbag. And Mike, I had such a great headline to share with you today. Um, I will save it for next week. But I cannot wait to hear your response to this headline. Um, I can't wait to hear that headline. I definitely can't wait for Not a Great Plan. It was one of my favorite segments from before. Um, and mailbag episodes are always a lot of fun. And I really like that we're telling our fans to talk movie news because we don't, we don't do that that often anymore. So get all your questions out, anything that you're wondering. Um, yeah, I love it. I think it's going to be, uh, going to be a great episode. I'm glad we're finding doing that. Um, you're right. Our fans have been chatty recently. Like the, the fan questions have been rolling in, which is awesome. But, uh, it does make it hard to add other segments into the show because we want to answer all your questions. We want to review movies. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be great. I love it. I can't wait for that headline. I'm, I have no idea what that could be. I just hope you don't pick it. Like, how are we going to not agree plan each other? Like, Well, <laughs> I, guess- <laughs> I, I think, Taylor, I think because, see, Taylor, you are the voice of not a great plan. Correct. So I think anything I pick, I'm going to send to you. Got and then I, I don't think our fans would accept it from me. I think that you're the not a great plan voice. You always have some some puns and some fun things that you throw in there. So I think the expectation will be on you to read out anything I find. Got it. Okay. Well, um, I'm excited. I just, Mike, like, I want to spoil it, the headline for you, but I'm sure you've seen yeah. it. I want to do this episode today, but I also want to have better audio. So we'll, yeah, fair we'll enough, fair it. enough. <laughs> <laughs> Let's save it for when, when we got the good stuff. But we do right. have some fan questions this week. Um, we have a couple fan questions to go through. We do have a lot of reviews you want to do as well. So even though I sound a little bit like a robot because I'm, I'm coming to you from uh, through basically miles and miles of steel uh and what else do they make bunkers out of uh concrete mud and concrete mud and all that stuff <laughs> mud <laughs> um but we're still going to review some stuff i'm going to talk a bit about dr strange and the multiverse of madness i'm going to review moon knight which i didn't get a chance to talk about last week so some marvel stuff uh taylor you watched the documentary on netflix um, which Netflix coming out, its documentaries are always excellent, but it's called Our Father. Now, I don't really know much about that one. Uh, is this relatively new? It came out last weekend. Like, it was brand new oh, when wow. I watched okay. it. Yeah, that's why I Great. picked that one. Hot off the yeah. press. 
That's what we like. That's what we like. So those are the things we're going to review today. Let's get to those fan questions first. Um, we just have, uh, oh, three. We just have three to go through. Um, so first comes from Josh, the Inquisitor. Uh, so his questions are, um, Mike, where does Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness rank among Marvel movies for you? Um, well, to kind of, you know, to kind of give away a little bit what I'm going to be talking about today, Doctor Strange is kind of one of those movies that makes me wish we did do number ranking because this is like a movie where it's like it's a solid seven like it's not bad it's not the best it's better than like the average but i wouldn't like i would just say yeah it's like it's a seven out of ten um which makes it hard in our our sort of ranking system as to where to put it um but i do i do think for me it it, it was entertaining and i did like it there were a lot of strange issues with it that I'll, I'll get into a bit today. Um, but overall, I would say, yeah, it's like a, it's a solid, a solid rendition. Um, not what I wanted it to be. I think my anticipation and my hopes for that movie, Taylor, were a lot greater because of the director, Sam Raimi, who, who does so many horror movies and is a, is a big, uh, evil dead. Uh, and has such a very distinct style. Um, and I will say the stuff that was very Sam Rainey were the best part of that movie. Like this, when you really felt it was him, that movie was like shining. Um, so yeah, there's just, there's just things I'll get into. But yeah, I would say like it's a solid seven out of 10. It's in there, but it's not, it's not among my favorites. Like obviously I, um, have no opinion, but. I was going through my emails today, you know, when we're recording, it's a Monday. So Monday morning, you know, you have to go through all your emails that you got over the weekend. And I get emails from um, a a Jesuit Catholic magazine, essentially. They send me their their headlines, right? Like compiled Mm -hmm. into an email. And um, uh, this Doctor Strange made the, you know, the Catholic headlines. I can't quite I didn't click on the article because um I only get like three articles a month and I didn't want to waste it on a Marvel movie (laughs) but essentially like the byline was like um Marvel knows everything we like and so it was Doctor Strange in the multiverse is like they lined up all of our favorite toys and then just kind of smashed it together and that, so maybe I should go back and read the interview, uh, the article to see what they mean. But does that, does that strike any chords with you having seen the movie, Mike? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. There's, there's one section that I'm not going to spoil today that I think that article's probably referring to that I can kind of see where they're coming from, where it felt a little too nostalgic and like fan catering. Yeah. Where Marvel, I think, has done a very good job with all these cameos of trying to find a reason to bring back all the Spider-Man as an example and give them arcs. And I think the, this movie didn't do as good as a job as Spider-Man did at giving a reason for cameos and surprises. Whereas Dr. Strange, the cameos and surprises that happened in the movie, I don't think they did as good as a job finding a reason for them. And it seemed a little pandering. So I definitely can see where that's coming from. It didn't bother me too, too much, though, I will say. 
Um, I actually would not have minded that so much, depending upon the other things that were going on in the movie. I just hope, I hope, and I'm really hoping that they don't go the route of they use the multiverse as a reason to lower the stakes in, in the universe, meaning that anything can happen to anyone and it doesn't matter because we can find another version of them over here. Like, yeah, I hope they don't No do death means anything because they could be existing yes. in another plane. Like how... Because already... That was the already problem Marvel with Buffy. takes a lot of heat. Yes, 100%. That was the big issue with Buffy. Yeah. They just use magic to bring people back. Sorry to cut you off, and Mike, but that's the biggest no, you, thing I but can that brings up it to. Yes, and that's a great example of when, like, I think Marvel has unfairly actually been accused of of that in the past because one it's a comic book so you're going to have long adventures and like you don't have to have everybody die and when the big deaths happen like when a character dies and they don't return it's for a very significant reason so they just choose their big death moments a little more carefully so i'm hoping that that is not this is not going to give them an excuse to be like, oh, we're missing this individual. Let's just go pull them from the multiverse. Like, I'm hoping that they they get a little more smart with that. Which yeah, I'm trusting them. I trust Marvel. Exactly. I trust Marvel right now. They have earned my trust. They have put together, what, 28 movies and a bunch of TV shows. And for the most part, the quality is above average of other movies of those genres. So as far as I'm concerned, they've got my trust. But you're absolutely right, and I, I like what you said there. It's the laziness. Don't become lazy. Don't become like the Star Trek writers. Take all of this and do something creative with the multiverse. Doctor Strange was a good first step, except for that one scene. I liked everything they were doing with the multiverse, except for that one area that I think that article's pointing to. So, makes sense. Um, next question from Josh the Inquisitor is for you, Taylor. Okay. Um, He's always Taylor. so fair in his questions. Yes. One always for one you, for one you, for one for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the third one for both of us. Yeah. yeah. The That's what the Inquisitor does. Very fair. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of outrage expressed towards Dr. Donald Klein since our father was released. How do you feel after watching this movie? So I have pretty strong feelings that I'm not going to get into uh, necessarily on this podcast today, like personal feelings uh, about um, the industry that the documentary. So Mike, our father is about this Dr. Klein, just a little. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't know anything about this. documentary. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I'll do like a little bit, like a, a little bit of a, for our listeners, you know what I mean? So this question has context. So the documentary is about a fertility doctor, fertility specialist, who ultimately uses his own semen to impregnate his patients. So the patients go in. Um, what? Yeah, Wait, yeah. What? It's it's as wild as it sounds. So the Wait, patient, this is this really happened? This is yes, a real thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so like that's he as at the time of making the documentary, the Netflix documentary, um, he has over 90 children. Because he, like, these women went in thinking they were getting, like, um, 
a sample, like they they were right. told, oh, they're medical residents, or the the some some instances, um, it was the husband would provide a sample, right? And mm-hmm. uh, like I don't, it didn't really go into his methodology, but like um, frequently, like at least at least ninety times, um, it was not a sample, and it was not the husband; it was his own sample, so to speak. So um, I do feel outraged <laughs> over that. The craziest thing for me watching this documentary was that um, uh, the America, like America, the states, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but specifically in America at the time of these things were happening, um, he ha- is not considered to have committed a crime. I'm going to let that sink in for you, Mike. (laughs) So (laughs) the fact that he used his own sample, so to speak, did not tell these women, the state, like, you know, like the federal government or whatever, or the state government, I don't know, says no crime was committed. Are they sure? Because it sounds like a crime. Right? And that's essentially like (laughs) the doc, the, the, the DA, like the district attorney who... Um, the families like approach him saying like, we want to take Dr. Klein to court. Like our, our, um, our mothers feel violated. They feel they've been raped. They feel they've been sexually assaulted. Um, you know, uh, confidential or, um, consent was breached. Like all these things, right? Like, um, which is like what comes to my mind when I think of this, this story. You could add fraud to that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Fraud. Like, you could, like- <laughs> You're, I mean, you're definitely misleading people for misrepresentation. Right? Um, like I, yeah, like you just named a bunch. I can name a bunch more. Like yeah. it seems pretty cut so and dry, but they go time. to the lawyer, the DA, and he says, um, "I understand it feels like a crime has been committed, but based on the legal definition." of like rape or sexual assault or I guess I guess the legal definition of fraud he's like my hands are tied he has not committed a crime so ultimately what they get him on is um not perjury but essentially like he lies on government forms and so um he gets taken to court for lying on forms and um he essentially gets a slap on the wrist and a $500 fine and like $500 yeah five zero zero and so like yes I I will say Josh I do feel outrage (laughs) over that um I think it would be hard not to feel outrage I guess maybe I guess maybe some people will be like well they consented to the medical treatment but like no like in like in a normal person's mind like they consented to one thing but that doesn't mean they you know what I mean like they consented specifically to get a like that was the sample and then he just went ahead and did his own and like (laughs) yeah okay I I know I know I'm, I'm sure there's more to say and you're gonna review or maybe you've said everything but my question is like why like, so, did it go into why he did any of this? So he would not. So this is, I, 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 I mean, I guess I can just give my review now since we're talking about it. Mike. There's no well, reason so why I, I mean, can't. You're, you're. So, um, <laughs> so um, 
Uh, so because this this wasn't like a court case, like the court case wasn't about the the medical treatments, right? So we there's not a lot of substance to the case. So a lot of it is speculation. So he said to the 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 children that uh, that approached him, he because he meets with them at uh, at one point. He says, you know, I did it because um, sometimes when the women would come in for treatments, a sample wouldn't be ready. And so I didn't want to disappoint anyone. So I just used my own. Um, (laughs) Which like, again, like, no, that's not like a good reason. But I also don't buy that whatsoever because there were times when the husband's brought in their own samples like for the procedure you know what i mean like the woman comes right. in the husband is with her he has the sample or like provided the sample in office and you know the procedure happens and they go their whole lives thinking that that sample was used so like in those instances where he like switched them out like why why you know what i mean like he didn't explain that so the documentary starts like they start speculating like oh like maybe he's a religious fanatic like he's um you know he's um tied he's loosely tied to this uh quiverful movement which um if anyone watched that like 18 kids and counting it's like it's that religious sect that's um like like a very conservative evangelical christian sect that like most me like I would say all mainstream Christians are like they're they're kind of out there you know what I mean like mm. um and the philosophy is that like you need to have as many children as possible so they're like well maybe that's why he did it but like he hasn't provided any proof that that's why he did it like um it is well known that he is like very active in his church um you know he's a church leader like he is a very devout christian but like he hasn't gone on record saying i'm part of this movement you know what i mean right he you're right he hasn't acknowledged that in any way yeah so i think um my biggest i wouldn't say like complaint but like my biggest critique of this documentary it's it's about an hour and 40 minutes i personally feel that this would have been like a really great like 45 like id channel special or like discovery discovery network channel documentary like there's just not enough meat to the story like without verging into kind of um you know into that speculation like we really don't know why he did these things you know what i mean and so um that would be my biggest critique is that i wish there was a little bit more but like what do you what can you do the guy legally they say he didn't commit so that would have been good if they kind of went into like how the legal system works and like why you know what i mean so um but (laughs) yeah it's like the story is as crazy as it sounds like and they find the families find out because they're doing like dna you know how like ancestry.com or like 23andme you know these like products mike oh yeah 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 the ones that like do the the searching for you right yeah like normally people are doing it for like just to find out their kind of like their ethnicity background well these people are just doing these and then 
all of a sudden they're figuring out that they have like 3000 family connections. So like, that's where like the story is kind of, um, that's like the drama, but like by like the 12th, the 12th sibling, you're kind of like, okay, yep. You know what I mean? The story kind of got a little repetitive because it was the same thing. Someone would do a DNA test. They would find out, oh my gosh, this guy's our dad. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. um, So I think, yeah, I think it would have been better just kind of like a little bit tighter um, or if they were going to keep the length to explore some some more of kind of like maybe the history of of um the infertility um essentially like why was this allowed to happen you know what i mean like what what society that's what i'm curious about yeah Yeah. what societal cultural and political structures were in place to allow this guy to get away with it for so long they go into it a little bit but it's more like it was a brand new science and no one kept records and he's not actually the only doctor to do this. And it's like, what? So anyways, I think um, it's ultimately, it was not the best Netflix documentary I've seen. And, you know, Mike, you had said at the top of the, the show that like Netflix is known for their documentaries. And that's true. Like I typically, I guess that's Netflix has kind of cursed themselves They've done so well for so long that when they put yeah. out kind of a middle of the line documentary, you're kind of like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where's the quality that I'm used to? Kind yeah. of what happens with Marvel, actually. Like, there's a lot, there's like a good comparison there, I think, between Netflix's documentary series and Marvel. Your yeah. expectations are so high. Yeah, exactly. And like, they, um, yeah, I think in this case, they, um, the story was there, but there just isn't enough details around the story. You know, like there's a reason why this isn't like a multi-episode miniseries. And you know what I mean? And this has been fictionalized. Like I'm pretty sure they made this into, um, I think it might've been a miniseries on Showcase. But with a fictionalized account, you can go into all of those things, like the why, and you know what I mean? Like in this one, we really, we just don't know why he did the things he did. Which I guess like, that's okay too. That's all I want to know. But I want to know for, uh, why you would ever do that. <laughs> so one theory was, you know, he was making like an Aryan race. Right. But like, right. again, like that's complete speculation. Like that is like, yeah. <laughs> because all, theory. Of the, yeah. all the kids were like blonde and blue eyed. And, um, I just thought like, I would have loved them to, I would have loved for them to really go into like the ethics of it, you know, like, um, but they kind of just scratched the surface and they really, um, they really depended on kind of the shock value of the siblings finding out that, right. um, that they were all related and like it's pretty sad like there were these families that like truly thought like the like their the father they were raised with they like they truly thought that that was their biological father and like the biological father thought he was the or the the father that was in the house thought he was the biological father so like those kind of like human moments were very interesting but overall i would say um this is not netflix's best um it's still a stream it because like the story is so wild like you know i was i watched the whole thing it had my attention but i just wish there was more meat to it um because of the length so 
that's my ultimate review. So anyways, Josh, to your original question, I think what, how did he phrase it? Like, am I outraged? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, cause he's just, I guess he was more just saying there, there is outrage expressed. So he's just more asking how you felt, but yeah, he's saying there is outrage being expressed. Well, the families, the families are trying to pass legislation to make this illegal. Um, and so far they haven't been successful. So it sounds like something that should be illegal. Like I understand not necessarily having a law for it because being like, why would that ever happen? And this is so specific. But then when it does happen, you'd think it would easily fit under one of the many, many other laws that exist. Now, I don't know why they're not successful in getting legislation passed. That seems strange. To be fair, okay, like I just want to qualify uh, qualify. I'm not 100% sure, and I, The Atlantic put out an article about this, like in 2019, like an investigative article about it, and it was quite good. I would recommend people to read it. Um, I'm not 100% sure what the legislation is for, so I don't know if, maybe it is illegal now, I don't know, but like, all I know is that the family is trying to pass legislation, like, related to this issue, and so far it's been unsuccessful, like... I guess it's just like one of those things where, you know, like the government is like, well, that only impacts like a very small percentage of the population. So why would we back it? That could be my only thinking as to why uh, it's not illegal. Like, I just think it's wild. There was one um, at the end of the documentary, they talked about like, oh, there's like, he's not the only one to have done this. And apparently there was a Canadian doctor who did this. But I, I'll have to research that and read that story. There are multiple people who've done this. <laughs> yes, Mike. That's the crazy thing. Like, I just, um, I just like, I have a lot of feelings about it. But like, to me, the weird thing is like, why didn't you tell the patients? Like, if you truly felt that um, you were doing a service, you know what I mean? Like, you tr- like, oh my gosh, this woman's here for an appointment and we don't have a sample. Like, whatever. Why wouldn't you allow them to consent? Like that to me is the craziest part of it. Like, why did they keep it a secret? And this happened at a time where like these clinics weren't keeping records. Like people just didn't Mm. keep records about who the samples Mm. came from and stuff. Like, so I would have loved for them to really like nose dive into that. You know what I mean? Like, Right, right. Uh, and like, when yeah. when did they start keeping records? Like all these crazy things. So like the families are. Um, it happened in Indianapolis or like near Indianapolis, I think, if I'm remembering. So like these kids are like petrified that they're gonna find out that they've dated one of their half siblings without knowing it. Yeah, they're like concentrated in a pretty um, pretty close range, and they're like. Right. We're we're terrified for when our kids start dating that they're going to be like dating a cousin and not know it. Yeah, and they just they wouldn't know, right? Like yeah, they, they wouldn't they know. Have, would have no idea. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a pretty wild story. Like I said, um, I would, you know, it's a stream. It. I may try to seek out the miniseries because I think this would make like this makes good television, right? Like I would watch a five episode run, like looking into the like you know, the fleshing out the story as to why he did it. But of course you would know that it's fiction, right? So that's the difference. Right. But, oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. It would have to be because I wouldn't a, know for sure. <laughs> quite a horror story when you think about it. Like yeah. 
Yeah. So anyways, that's uh, I, two, uh, two pronged. You got a, and a fan question out of that and my review for the day. <laughs> I will mention, Mike, that um, I was torn between this and the new, oh gosh, what's her name? Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson has a new movie on Netflix. It came out this weekend where mm-hmm. she falls into a coma um, during her high school year, which, and she went to high school in the eighties and she finally wakes up and they're like sending her back to high school so she can finish. And I love a, du- a dumb plot like that. Like, I'm like, I'm all for it. Then I saw a couple of reviews and the reviews were like, it's bad. And I'm like, Oh, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's so bad. It's good. Cause I like those kind of movies. Netflix played the, um, the pre, like the preview and it was so cringe. I'm like, no, I'll watch the documentary instead. So if any of our fans over the weekend, any of our listeners over the weekend watched the new Rebel Wilson movie, please write in and let me know if it's so bad it's good or if it's just 100% cringe because yeah. the, the preview <laughs> made it look horrible. <laughs> but yeah, there you go, Mike. Um, there we go. Well, there you go. You got your review in pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know... Um, I think that's good uh, Good timing considering how our last two episodes, we've really had to rush the reviews. So Yeah, but, uh, put the reviews in between fan questions. I Why like not? That. It's kind of interesting. There might be something to that. Um, next fan question comes from uh, Ronald Coleman, uh, who writes, uh, Ronald Coleman here. My apologies to Matt Salton for butchering his name. I was sending that last email from my cell phone, and the spell checked the word Salton to Salted, and I didn't see Another correction, Godfather 2 is going on this week at the screening room, not next month. Mrs. Coleman gave me the wrong info. Oh, I'm blaming Mrs. Wait, Coleman for way that. Way to throw um, the life under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, I believe Taylor commented that she has seen Godfather when she was about 17 and didn't care for it, but wondered if she would watch it again. She might have different feelings. Have either of you ever experienced that with a particular movie? watching it for a second time some years later and having a greater appreciation for the film. I found that with the stage production of A Chorus Line, I watched the Broadway touring production to Toronto in the early 80s and didn't really care for it. But then I saw the Blue Canoe production starring Matt Salton during the Kick and Push Festival and loved it from Ronald Coleman. Cool. I directed that uh, production of A Chorus Line, Taylor. What a, um, what a nice Theater. compliment to both Matt yes. and to you. Yes, Matt Matt uh, was the starring role. Matt played the director. Not like the starring role, but one of the leads. Right. He's the director. A chorus line is they're putting on a, a show and the director is holding auditions and Matt plays the director. Um, so yeah, I directed that at the Grand Theater way back when. Um, yeah, so have you ever had a movie tailor that you appreciated a lot later? Even if you saw it when you were younger, like you didn't really start to appreciate it for later. That's a hard one. I don't, I guess I'm a pretty, um, if people haven't noticed, I'm pretty quick to judge. So I wouldn't say that I'm often tempted to return to movies that I've had such a reaction about that, you know, like, oh, I hated this. I'm not really inclined to watch it again, even like as time has gone on. Um, more likely is I'll watch a movie that I really enjoyed when I was younger than you rewatch it and you think, oh man, this is, this is not good. <laughs> not um, quite what you remember. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, what? 
So I can't think of any ex- examples. I apologize. But I'll be honest, like, you know, Mike, when you have, you just have such a bad experience, like, why would I rush out to try it again? When there's so <laughs> many things I could be watching, like, why risk hating the Godfather still, you know, wasting three hours being like, yep, this movie is still crappy when I can be watching something new. You know what I mean? So I think you bring up a good point that probably also is one of the reasons why we like try to stick to things that we really know, just because there's so much stuff out there. You do feel more and more now like you're wasting your time or something like that. Um, but I, I definitely have had experiences where I've appreciated movies more when I'm older. And that's normally because I just didn't understand. Yeah. Like when you're a kid, you don't always understand certain movies. So I felt like I like the, the, um, what's the, the usual suspect. Yeah. Even though that's a movie that if you know the kind of twist, people say it ruins it. But like, I saw that when I was like, like not super young, but I remember seeing it in, I think high school. And then I saw it like years, years later, like, past university and i liked it a lot better when i was older like i think i just understood it more and got the nuances more and like found more appreciation for it well there you go the usual suspects give it a second try if you hated it the first time around yeah you might like it um so one more uh fan this is more of a comment from kathy who writes uh hi taylor you are correct loving vincent was first shot with actors on a green screen and then a team of more than 100 artists transposed the film into moving art using paint-on-glass animation. Wow. There you go. That's pretty impressive. Thank you, Kathy, for that looking. Is, that sounds really impressive. <laughs> yeah, wow. And it employed all those people, so there you go. Yeah, 100 artists. Like, that's, that's amazing. Um, okay, so that wraps up fan questions for the week. So just a reminder, like we said at the beginning of the episode, you have until Friday this week to get your fan questions in for a very special episode next week, all about movie news. It's called Not a Great Plan. That's our episode next week. So get those in by Friday. Um, screaminginkingston.com. Submit them right on our website or screaminginkingston at gmail.com. Our email. Email them to us. Submit them through the website. Either way, we'll get them. Uh, make sure it's about uh, whatever's going on in, in the world of movies. Um, okay, I'm going to review Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Quick uh, spoiler warning. As I mentioned last week, um, I am going to go into some spoilers for this movie. I find Marvel movies are getting harder to talk about without being able to talk about something. I will not spoil big, big moments in the movie. I will mainly talk about the plot and things that set up the plot and things that maybe the trailer doesn't reveal. Um, but I won't get into some cameos and surprises and things that we all know are coming in Marvel movies. I won't dive into that uh, today, but I will talk about some plot points. So light spoilers, if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know anything going into it, please skip this part for the next 10 minutes or so. Um, but also, I don't know why you care at this point. The movie's been out for two weeks, so as a Marvel fan, you should have gone. Um, okay, even the Catholics are it. writing about it at this point. So. Yeah, if even the Catholics are writing about it, they've all seen it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is your excuse? So, so please make sure you, you've seen it, or if you don't care, uh, we'll, we'll continue on. So as I mentioned, this movie is directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who's a director that I really, really like. Um, so I was very interested to see where this goes. This continues Marvel into Phase 4. Um, this is the next, the last movie was Spider-Man, um, and that movie 
opened up the idea of the multiverse, which has also been expressed in the TV show Loki. Um, one thing I will say, if you have not seen WandaVision, which is the, the first of the TV shows, I think you're going to be lost in Doctor Strange. Because one of the things the trailer kind of hints at, but doesn't really go into a lot, is that Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, the Scarlet Witch, plays a way bigger role than I anticipated in this movie. Um, so here's my first spoiler. Um, she's the villain of the movie. Huh. So Taylor, Wanda, who's the witch, who's been an Avenger this whole time, is the is the antagonist in Doctor Strange in the multiverse. She's kind of morally ambiguous in the other stuff, right? Yes, yes. especially recently. Because in WandaVision, what happens is, is she kidnaps an entire town and puts everyone under her sort of hypnosis and creates a fake world based on sitcoms, which she loved as a kid. Like she loved sitcoms growing up and she made a fake role because vision, the, the, the man or robot she fell in love with is dead. Uh, and in this fake world, she creates, she creates two children for herself. And after WandaVision's over and she loses all that, she's basically on a hunt to get that back. And she turns to the multiverse. So right. the multiverse is a she's concept. She's essentially trying every- to find her robot husband. And fake kids. No, not even. She doesn't care about the husband. It's just the kid. Okay. She she's kind of accepted that he's gone. It's and she's very hyper, like to the point of she's obsessed. She's obsessed with her children and trying to find them. Um, and it's kind of like goes into the whole thing of like a mother's grief, right? And like the power that grief has. Um, and you know, one of the things I will say is that she's amazing in the role, and. She's fantastic in this movie. She's and a talented all that stuff actress. Was, very much so. And all that stuff was done very, very well. So she did a great job. Um, and the thing is, is that the idea of the multiverse is the concept where one little action in your life means you've made a choice and all the other choices stream off into other universes. The butterfly so there could effect. Be an if, yes, the butterfly effect. There could be an infinite amount of universes out there where people just like you exist, living life just slightly differently. Um, the biggest problem I had with this movie was Marvel is starting to back itself into an awkward corner where Doctor Strange, Loki, and Spider-Man are all talking about the multiverse, but it being created or its existence in different ways. Like, it's starting to develop its own plot hole because the TV show Loki was making it seem like there wasn't a multiverse until the events of that show. But this movie and Spider-Man are making it seem like multiverses always existed. Well, Mike, wouldn't the existence of the multiverse, the like the birth of the multiverse, depend on what universe you're in? So there yes. could so be multiple ways to birth it. Yeah. So Taylor, you are bringing up the nerdy argument that has been made online where people are like, yeah, well, technically. And that's true. That's true in terms of you can go in any direction because depending upon what universe you're in, things could stream off. The thing that Marvel has done very well is grounded their stories in a way that's somewhat realistic that doesn't give you a headache to think about too much. They're starting to venture into magic. 
and they're starting to venture into areas that they haven't been before. And sometimes I feel like they're getting a little too ahead of themselves. I definitely see what like you're saying. Like it's like a, your original point that um, nothing matters. If you can literally just rewrite yeah. the story movie to movie, like you're not even really a connected universe anymore. You know what I mean? Like you can wipe exactly. the slate, you can wipe the slate clean with each movie. And I think what they what they did so well in the first couple phases was everything mattered to a degree. Everything was connected. Every little nuance mattered. The the Easter eggs and things. It was all connected. Things. It was very yes, it was all connected. This is starting to feel like they're grasping at straws a little bit, and I think they just need to take a breath. Now, what I will say. Of all the phase four stuff, like I've been so, so on the TV shows. Like I think I've mentioned that I've been up and down on them. Like some of them I like, some of them I don't. Um, all the movies I've actually enjoyed thoroughly for the most part. Like I think the only one I didn't like really was Black Widow. And that's more just because I think they just didn't do enough with it. But Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, um, Eternals, and now Doctor Strange. Like I have enjoyed them. So again, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I can just see like these little threads of... Do you know where you're going with this? <laughs> like it doesn't feel moments. like Are it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But anyway, back to Doctor Strange. Um, one of the things I really, really liked about this movie was the universe hopping, and I wish there was more of it. Um, if you're going into this movie and you're expecting them to hop universes, they actually only really spend a lot of time in two of them and then kind of glimpse a few others. I actually thought that was the best part of the movie. Was, was Doctor, there's at one point in time where Doctor Strange gets pulled into the multiverse. So the whole plot of the movie and what is known is that, um, there's this new superhero, new young woman who is being introduced into, um, the, the MCU. Um, her name is America Chavez. This is someone that is somewhat, I think, new to the comic books, but it is a comic book character that has existed. Um, and she has the power to hop universes, but does not know how to control it. And at the beginning of the film, you there are monsters that are going after her, but not to kill her, to capture her, and they don't know why. And it's discovered pretty early in the film that it's actually Wanda who wants her for her powers so she can go to the multiverse and find her children. Right. Um, the really cool thing and interesting thing about this character is she's the only one of her that exists in the multiverse. So they explain that your dream. So when you go to sleep, Taylor, and you dream and you dream things that are like kind of like your life, but different, they're saying that's actually you glimpsing the multiverse. Okay. So when you dream and something really weird happens, you're like, that's weird. That's never happened to me. It's actually you dreaming of, about the multiverse. Or like I, dream, America I know it's Dan, but it doesn't look like Dan. But it doesn't dream. look like Dan. That's, yeah, and that what they say is you're married to yeah. <laughs> Dan in the multiverse looks different. Right. Right. It's Dan, but he looks different for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah. Exactly. So Doctor Strange has dreams and sees himself in other universes. Uh, America Chavez doesn't dream. She just she goes. has never dreamed her entire life, and she's the only one that exists that's her, which is very cool and interesting. And there's a lot that she can do kind of with that. There are there are no multiverse versions of her in any of those universes, which is kind of interesting. Um, what I think that this movie could have done better was, was kind of that. Like, I would have been happy with America Chavez and, and Doctor Strange hopping universes for a bit, 
but again they only really go to one for a long period of time to another one for like a shorter period of time and i felt like that was where the movie like had really good legs like just learning the nuances of how the universes were different was was kind of interesting um and sam raimi being a horror director taylor this movie has so much horror in it this was like jump scare and like horror tactics and like really fun moments like you know like you pass by a picture and then suddenly the head in the picture starts following you mm-hmm. and little things like that. Um, and they like played into the horror with, with this witch chasing you around the multiverse a lot. Well, it um, makes sense it was thematically. Really cool to see. <laughs> yeah. And it was really cool to see. Like I have to say, like if Sam Raimi, the Sam Raimi parts of this movie were excellent. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the new character, like adding a new character was really really cool so, I like, think there's a lot who of cool do you, stuff who do you think was like tempering this Sam Raimi like is it like you know what I mean like if you felt like at certain moments oh yeah that's like that's the director who would have been the one to like was he constrained by the script which is written by someone else where the yeah the script was written by someone else um and also I think Kevin Feige is still heavily involved in right. the overall direction of the universe So one of the things this movie I want to give it credit for is there is still a big Marvel battle scene at the end, but the ending of this movie is a lot more like heartfelt and, and like character driven, which was really nice to see. Like, I don't think you can say this was a typical, we're fighting a space beam and they're, you know, the Marvel ending as people are calling it. The giant wakes (laughs) Yeah. Like there is a battle, but you have these other things that kind of happen in and around it. I think he was constrained by the fact that it's, it's, it was rated, I think, 14 plus. And even then, like, this is the most gruesome Marvel movie yet. There's some blood, there's some gut. This is the most, like, brutal death that has existed yet. And it was, I think that was Sam Raimi pushing the envelope a right. little bit. Um, it, it, again, it's it's lighthearted, but with those, it's just like the Evil Dead. Like there's moments yeah. where where it works. Um, really, really scary, really well. but really funny. <laughs> yes, and I think that they were. I think he was hampered. Like if this was rated R, I think it would have been different. Right. I think if he was given a little bit more flexibility on to make the script work for him, I think it would have been different. Um, uh, yeah, like for me, I just wish they went to more places. I wanted to see more multiverse popping. I am a little concerned about some of the surprises and things they tried to do in there. I felt it was a little pandering, but overall I was still highly entertained at the core. Benedict Cumberbatch is excellent in the role. Elizabeth Olsen is excellent in the role. Um, Rachel McAdams was back from the first movie. Chiotel Ejiofor was back. Uh, Benedict Wong is always good. Like the cast is good. The acting is solid. Um, I do think the scripts could have used some touch-ups. Could have used some different things. I like what Sam Raimi brought to the table. Um, overall, like, I'm going to give this a see it, even though to me it's like, yeah, it's like a seven out of 10. Still a passing grade as far as I'm concerned. I think it's getting some unnecessary heat. Like, I still think it was very interesting. I really enjoyed the new character. I want to see where they go with it. I'm just starting to get a little concerned. I, what I don't want to see happen. And if it was just for this movie, it's not going to matter. But I don't want to see them hopping to universes, meeting interesting characters for the sake of killing them, and then finding them somewhere else. 
Yeah, I don't two want movies to see the down the line. Oh, it's yeah. we're bringing the other multiverse version. Yeah, here's here's another Captain America. Like I think yeah. I think there's ways to do it that's more creative than that. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I enjoy Doctor Strange. I want to see where it goes. Um, I'm glad it's like doing well at the box office. I'm glad it's getting some some attention. But yeah, I think it. I think it's IMDb rating of seven point four out of ten as well. I think that's very much where it should be. <laughs> seven, like in in that area, seventy to seventy five percent, pretty good passing grade, probably above average, but uh, you know, could, could have been a little bit better. Um, I want to quickly, very quickly, talk about Moonlight Night in the few minutes we have left, just because I wanted to talk about it a couple weeks ago, and and you know, another Marvel one. I just I wanted to talk about it because this is the first Marvel TV show since WandaVision that I think I enjoyed every second of it. Um, in terms of the shows that have come out, I I really loved WandaVision. I really loved Moon Knight. I liked Hawkeye. Like I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't really like Loki and I didn't really like um, the, the Winter Soldier Falcon one. Um, I just felt Moon Knight was a very good example of what they can do with this universe where it is part of the universe, but other separate things are happening. Like, if you think about our universe, Taylor, the things you and I are doing don't have to connect with what someone is doing in London or Germany or anywhere, right? Like, we don't have to connect yeah. everything to everyone. All we the live time. in the same world, Moon but Knight, people have separate lives. Exactly. And Moon Knight was, was the first show that felt really like this, where it wasn't connected to anything. It really got into like Egyptian gods and like That's all cool. the, the mythos around that, which, yeah, really cool. Oscar Isaac like had a fantastic performance. He basically plays two people because his character is kind of su suffering from, from basically multi um, personality disorder. Um, so at sometimes he's Mark and at sometimes he's Steve. Um, and even when each of them transformed to Moon Knight, it looks like different. It's very interesting and cool how they did it. And Oscar Isaac, like, he should win an Emmy for this. Like, it was so good. His performance was so excellent. Um, and I really appreciated the fact that it was a separate story. It felt like it belonged in the universe, but it was different than, than what we saw before. So I really, really enjoyed, um, Moon Knight. And I do recommend it. Like, if, if you're, if you're a Marvel fan, if you're a superhero fan, if you're not sure, Moon Knight's a good one where you don't really have to know what's going on in Marvel. Um, it is a little out there. Like the show itself is a little like in the head and a little bit all over the place. But I will say as a six episode binge, it's pretty entertaining. Um, which is what, what more can you ask any of your TV show? It's interesting. It's entertaining. Keeps you guessing. Um, Oscar Isaac's incredible in the role. Even Ethan Hawke, as much as I, I don't like him. Uh, he was pretty Ethan, good. Ethan, I'll never His, be in a superhero hawk. Hero hawk. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan, I hate Marvel hawk. Uh, for his first superhero movie, I got, or show, I guess, he, um, he does well. He He's plays the, the villain, role right? well, so it works. He's the villain. Yeah. And he also plays, uh, kind of two separate characters at one point in time. Um, and they're both excellent. But yeah, Ethan Hawke, I can't, I honestly can't believe he's in this movie. Like, after those comments, how can you go and do this? Like, how? That's why you I, gotta be, you gotta be so careful what you say in the press. 
Well, yeah, because people are going to be like, what are you doing, man? Um, but anyway, um, that that's my quick review of Moon Knight. I just wanted to give it a shout out because I do think it's worth it. It's very, very good. Um, I've been so, so on the TV show so far, but that one is definitely of the, uh, in the category of the three that I like, not the two that I didn't. So there, there's my quick. Uh, Mike, did I miss Moon it? Is it a see it or a stream it? Oh, it's a see it for Moon Knight, for sure. Okay. Um I mean, you can only really stream it, but I know, I know. it's like a binge it. Like if we had, if we had a different category, we should come up with a category for TV shows. Cause to me, this would be like a binge it. Yeah. Like it's so good as a binge like that. If you are sick for a weekend, I know lots of people still getting COVID and, and hopefully people don't get it too bad. But if you're just sick and you're stuck in bed and you know you're going to be in bed or isolating for a few days, pop in moon night. It's six episodes, six hours total. It's, it's a lot of fun. Mike, I know we're running out of time, but speaking of binging it, I was not homesick. I was just lazy. And I binged the first season of Mindhunter, which is old now. Ooh. It came out in 2019. Yeah. 100% yeah. a binge it. Again, if really? you Really? You liked it? Oh my gosh, I loved it. Well, I wanted to watch Hannibal and they took it off Netflix and I was too lazy to get my DVDs out. So I watched, <laughs> I watched Mindhunter instead. And gosh, it was good. So anyways, if you, you can stream um, or you can binge... Oh my gosh, what's the name of yours? Moon Knight? Moon Knight. Moon Knight, and then stream Mindhunter, or binge Mindhunter. Yeah. So anyways, there you go. There's Mindhunter. your binging recommendations you for the day. People do like getting those. People do like getting it's weekly binge, binge recommendations. So there you go. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for joining us. I apologize again for my audio. I promise next week will be better. I hope it wasn't too, too bad. Just, you know, maybe pop the volume up a little bit, uh, pretend I'm a robot. And then next week, uh, we'll be back with a nice, fresh, great episode. Make sure to get those fan questions in by Friday night. Anything in the news you want to talk about, anything going on in the world of, of celebrities and movies. Let's try to keep it movie I was gonna TV say. related. I don't want, I don't want to talk <laughs> no about geo, models, No geopolitics. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about celebrities and what they're up to and the crazy lives they have. Uh, but that'll be a lot of fun. So get those in by Friday. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.